Hey y'all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie. Adventures with Aggie is here to bring you powerful stories in sport that define adventures in life. Adventures with Aggie is brought to you by Coco's Coffee House. Coco's Coffee House is located at 175 Bleecker Street in Greenwich Village in New York City. Go check them out and tell them that Aggie sent you. Today we're launching Adventures with Aggie's Full Throttle. We're diving into the sport of racing and motorsports for the next two weeks. First up, we have David Malukas. David is an X30 world champion, and he's currently an Indy Lights driver for HMD Motorsports on the road to Indy. David is going to tell us about his story in the road to Indy with lots of laughs. Please welcome David. David, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I just came back from work <laughs> and I still haven't ate or anything, but I, I'm excited to do this podcast. I can't wait. Awesome. Thank you so much for like, sacrificing your meal too, to be here. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, awesome. Let's start. Just can you give me your background, who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm David Malukas. I race in Indy Lights in the Road to Indy series for HMD Motorsports, car number 79. I've been doing this for, I don't know how many years now. I started when I was six years old. I'm now 19. So somebody else can do the math for that. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. So in the motorsports world, that's that's a long time. That's a very long time for <laughs> yeah, very long. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I guess how did this come about? How did you decide racing was going to be your sport? Well, so it was six years old. Like I said, um, I was a kind of like a more of an inside kid. I didn't want to go outside that much. I kind of just wanted to sit on the computer and just you know, on my iPad, on my phone. And my dad was like, man, my kid needs to like kind of get out there. Like he's being a big introvert. And uh, so, yeah, so we saw on a newspaper, we're out like at, at the lake, at somebody's lake house. And we saw on a newspaper like, oh, South Bend, Indiana, you know, go-karting. And so he's like, oh, come on, let's go. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> like, I just want to go play on my iPad. But so he forced me to go. But as soon as I went, I went to a, a kid cart, you know, that's like kind of like the, the slowest thing you could get on because, you know, six years old, I was, you know, still picking my nose, not really having a, a clue of what's going on. Um, yeah, I get in it. I do about three laps and I like I fall in love. And so we end up going there every single weekend after that. And within time, we ended up meeting um, a, a man named Brent Ebert. And he was like, hey, um, if you want, you can do some championships in the U.S. You know, they have the Florida Winter Tour. And he's like, you know, it's nothing crazy, but you can, you know, go out, explore, et cetera. And we were like, you know what? Sure. I, I want to do this. This is fun, but nothing serious, you know, just like, oh, let's go have fun. Um, so he ended up coaching me a little bit more. And next thing you know, we do these series um, like the Florida Winter Tour, SCUSA, USPK, SWK, many different ones. And I sucked in all of them. I was uh, getting laughed like five times. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, the, the beginnings were rough, but like I said, we were just there for fun. So you pushed through, <laughs> pushed through, you made it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I, when did that turn around for you? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we, I, once we do these years a bit more, um, he, I end up getting a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, so now kind of four or five years pass and we find a, another coach and he goes by, um, by Bryn and Wes. So Wes Phillips, I met first. And so he was actually really, really good. And he helped me a lot to kind of really kickstart into these championships. And it was in Pennsylvania. I remember my first win 
And after that win, I would, it was like for a whole year, that whole season, I would get second, third, second, third, but I had the speed to get first, but me as just a kid, I couldn't pass. Like I didn't have the, the, the oomph to, to do it. And so this is kind of when racing started to get a little bit more serious. So my dad was like, man, my kid's just kind of like lame. <laughs> like, he's like, I need him to be like, kind of get, give it some more, you know, cause we were quick. I just couldn't do any passes. So I, I just didn't have the, I guess the, the energy to just like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but like, so he ended up taking me into like wrestling, jujitsu, Muay Thai, kind of these very aggressive sports. In the beginning, I really did not like him. I, like I said, I was still like an introvert kid, like in the inside. And so he takes me out to these sports and they were really, really rough, like hard training. And when I went to my tournament, it was, I'll never forget it. I was, I went like really, I would lose every fight and I wouldn't care. Like I was like, I just don't want to be here. I just want to, you know, whatever, we'll do this fight. And then I go home. But one kid, he ended up biting me. <laughs> he like bit me in the arm and I was like, it hurt. It was so painful. And I was like, that's against the rules. And I just got like red steam and like, just took him down and ended up winning. And that helped a lot because then I went to Pennsylvania and I got my first win and I was passing. And after that first win, it kickstarted everything. Like I ended up winning all the series in the U S for go-karting. I mean, you speak as WK, like I said, all of them, my name blew up. It was like out of nowhere. Like it's just been the one year. And that's when I met Bryn and Bryn Nuttall, he wanted to take me to Europe. He's like, this kid has a lot of talent. I want to coach him some more and take him overseas, you know, for like the world finals. So long story short, we show up to Le Mans, France. It's the X30 world finals for juniors. It's back in 2015. And it's like the biggest go-karting event ever. And there's like 500 drivers, right? And we show up, an American has never won this before either. So we show up. And I'm still like, you know, kind of like, this is pretty serious now as I'm just in France with a, a coach that I've only known for a year and nobody else is just me and him. So, but I was still like a kid. So I'm like playing on my phone, still, you know, picking my nose every once in a while. <laughs> and we end up coming there. We win the practice. Like we're the quickest in practice. We qualify pole and we win all the heats, win the pre-final final. We just swept the weekend and everybody was like, where did, where, where did he come from? <laughs> like, I, I literally just showed up and we just ended up sweeping the weekend and that blew up my name in Europe as well. So we ended up doing the whole European series. We did OKJ, OK, you know, the senior class, X30. And once my name blew up in Europe, we had offers, you know, now I'm at the age, I'm around 15 years old and it's time to kind of move up into open wheel cars. So this is when things really switched to me. I've been living in Europe for about a year just by myself. Um, and that really helped with maturity at the time. So I was 15, but I felt like I was acting like a, you know, 19 year old as I am now. <laughs> um, but, and I, you know, like I had no parents there. The, it was like probably the most difficult years for me. And so we ended up getting offers to go to open wheel in ADAC, which is a German series and in the, the Middle East. So like Dubai, Abu Dhabi. So we go to these series and didn't do great, <laughs> but it was the first time in open wheel. We, I was learning, you know, everything. And the whole main goal at that time was to come back to the U S I was really not really liking the European scene. Um, nothing against them. It's just like, I, I felt like I wasn't home and cause the U S is my home. And I, so the whole plan was I want to come back. So we ended up, I, I talked to my parents and the whole plan was I go to Europe and I learned how to, you know, drive and race the open wheel car over there and then come back to the US and be like, ah, I'm here and I'm fast. You know, like <laughs> that was the whole plan. So 
we end up doing these series didn't do good but it was a really good like kind of like learning curve so we come back to the us we make our own team we find certain sponsors certain people you know to get it all sorted we show up in usf 2000 you know the first kind of step in the road to indie series we show up in usf 2000 and it was in road america wisconsin and we put it on pole by like one second it was like half wet half dry and everybody's like where where did he wait where did he come from oh i remember seeing you in go-karts and i was like yeah i'm back <laughs> like get up fast um but no, it, it was really, really good. And, you know, then after that, we kind of just went through the, the Road to Indie series, went to USF 2000, Indie Pro 2000, and now we're in Indie Lights. So that's like a quick summary of everything that's happened. That's crazy. And I can't believe you were an introvert at one point in your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, well, because I grew up with three sisters, right? So they would paint my nails, do my hair, and then playing with Barbie dolls. Obviously, I was still playing with Hot Wheels. So, like, I would, like, put the Barbie doll on the Hot Wheel, like, like that's kind of how I was like I just was really kind of like to myself but um the racing and you know wrestling and all that it really helped me kind of open up and kind of become who I am yeah that's awesome you answered like a lot of my questions just within that one story. <laughs> oh, oh I'm sorry <laughs> no it's perfect it's perfect <laughs> awesome mm -hmm. um so I guess, can you just kind of tell us about your most recent success? I've seen all kinds of really exciting posts. I know the season just started, um, but yeah, what have you been up to recently? <laughs> yeah, so recently, um, I mean, well, I'll bring it back a little bit. So 2019, uh, during the time we were with BN Racing, which was kind of what we went with from USF Indie Pro, and we did pretty good. I mean, we were third, second, you know, kind of around there. We weren't really the quickest, but we were still up there. Um, but when Indie Lights came, I mean, the car, it's its a huge difference. You all of a sudden step into a car that's much bigger, much more horsepower, much more complicated. And you're going against teams like Andretti, who have been it, been in the series for over 20 years. And they also have an IndyCar team, a lot of talent there. So it was very, very tough. I mean, and we knew it going into it. We, as a team, we were kind of just like, you know what? No expectations. We get last, we get last. It's great. <laughs> um, we're just here to learn. So we show up and that's kind of how it went. <laughs> we didn't do great at all. It was just learning, learning. Um, but yeah, so then um, at by the end of the season, you know, they were making changes with the car and learning the car, but it wasn't just that. We were also learning as a team, you know, team communication, team connection. So by the end of the season, from the start, the team had flipped. It was like almost 100% turnover. And that's when we ended up actually getting a different name change going into 2020. The team is completely different, new people. We switched our base from Chicago to Indianapolis, you know, to be next to, you know, IMS, the, the amazing track. So, you know, Indianapolis is home of racing. So we finally get all that sorted and we show up in 2020 after really good testing days, really good people behind me. And me and the team, we end up showing up to St. Petersburg in March before this is kind of just when COVID's like, oh, COVID, um, it's in the US now, very scary. And we end up, it was, we only did one practice session and we put on pole by like two tenths. And it was like a huge kind of like Uno reverse card. <laughs> because the year before we were like six, seventh. I mean, and in the Indy Lights field, it wasn't that big at the time. So that's kind of, you know, the bottom. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just showed up and we put on pole and everybody's like, whoa, where'd they come from? But then they immediately lost track of that because everything got canceled because COVID came and everybody's like, Oh no. So, so COVID happened. It was very unfortunate. And 
they were going to, they, they said that Indie Lights was going to come back to the series, you know, with Indie Pro and USF, like they did. Um, but two weeks notice before it was supposed to start, where all the racing series were supposed to start, they canceled. Um, and we had two weeks to figure out what to do, you know, what series we're going to do, what, how we're going to get this car, how we're going to set it up before the first race. So we ended up going to FR, uh, the Formula Regional Series. And within two weeks, we got the car, got it set up, and just showed up to mid-Ohio and qualified second by like a thousandth off of, of first. Who actually, fun fact, Linus Lundquist, he was first, at, you know, he would destroy that series. He won everything. And he's now with us uh, this year in Indy Lights. So, and now he's, it's almost like the, the competition still stays, you know, because he's, I mean, number two on, on the championship right now. So, but yeah, going back so FR season, we do that whole season. And then we did a lot of testing. We made a lot of connections. We got Linus, we got Benjamin in the team. Now the team's grown even more, more time for us to prepare, you know, this HMD Motorsports, you know, the, the amazing team. And we showed up in Barber and I mean, our team was really, really quick. So, um, uh, unfortunately the first race we, not my fault, there's nothing I could have done, but we got ran from the rear and it was, and it came to a kind of like an unfortunate end. Next race, we ended up winning. It was actually my first ever win in Indy Lights. Um, it was been a long time coming. I feel like I was cursed. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I, I need to get this win. So that was a very nerve wracking race. Uh, but yeah, we ended up winning that. And then we showed up to St. Petersburg, qualified second, qualified first. And for race one, we got third. Race two, we ended up winning again, which was a very, um, high pressure races as, as well it was very intense um but yeah sorry I, I keep rambling on and i'm like oh i should probably end this now <laughs> no it's perfect because i i'm watching this from the outside so it's so cool to hear you how excited you are because i'm excited for you but i don't hear it coming directly from you so it's so fun but um that's okay. i i still can't believe that this started and you weren't good like when you were a little kid, right? You, you didn't even oh. want to, which is so wild that this whole, this is like a major like turn of tables. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I do. I didn't want to do it. I wasn't good. <laughs> well, I did want to do it. I would, it was like a lot of fun. Um, it was just, I was more of like an inside kid. So the like go-karting and racing was the only thing that kind of pulled me out of my introvert self. Like I remember we'd show up to the race, we'd suck, but I'd just have a great time. I mean, my dad would, you know, give me ice cream and stuff at the end of the race weekend. So I'd be like, yes, ice cream. So, so then we'd come home and I would literally just hide inside, you know, my little room cave and just never come out. So the racing helped a lot, you know, for me to kind of open up and get out. But um, yeah, so, I mean, started, I mean, the best bits were the ice. I remember there's actually like little bits, uh, like we show up to a race and my dad can't find me. Like I'm on, like we're about to go on track and he can't find me. And my dad was kind of very strict with me with like soda and sweets. So he wouldn't want to give me any of that. So he finds me hiding in somebody else's trailer, just in the corner by myself, just chugging down a Coca-Cola can, <laughs> trying to get some sort of like sugar. I remember I loved Coca-Cola because I, you know, you can never get it. So I was like, I want it so bad. So yeah, there's many funny stories, but I, I don't want to get into too much detail. Oh my gosh. Was that where you were this weekend post-race? Did you go hide and eat ice cream or something? <laughs> no, after those years of training as a kid, now I have like sweets and I'm like, oh man, that that's really sweet. No, now I'm just addicted to coffee. So okay, that's me. my worst enemy. Yes, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Um, let's see. 
I, I'm dying to ask you this question now that I've, I feel like I've heard your story. Um, what do you say to people who think racing is not a sport? Well, firstly, I laugh <laughs> because I, I just, I can't believe like uh, when they say that, I remember it was the main, like now that we're in Indy Lights and they see the car, they're like, whoa, okay. Like, I don't really get that question as much, but going through go-karting was when I got it the most. They're like, oh, it's just a go-kart. Because when they hear go-kart, they think of the rental go-karts, you know, they go to K1 speed and just, you know, have fun. But I'm like, and it would always be so hard to explain it. Be like, uh, no, it's actually pretty physical. Um, <laughs> like it's pretty intense. Um, but a lot of what a lot of things that they don't understand, like, yes, it's physical, um, especially go-karting. I mean, they're you are the suspension. You, your ribs are the suspension. I remember I'd always be bruised up. Like, and I actually recently went back into a go-kart and I could only do like 10 laps and I was just like done. I was exhausted, like just so physically worn out. Um, but yeah, so the, the, it's not just physical, but it's also mental, um, especially in racing. So, I mean, you're traveling at speeds. I mean, let's say the Freedom 100, for example, in the Oval, we're traveling speeds of 200 miles an hour. You're in, you're, in an area where it's four wide, you're going into a corner, you're all going around 195 to 200 miles an hour. And you're just inch, like centimeter to centimeter of the wheel. And you have spotters talking into your ear. And during all of this, like you have to try to focus. I mean, like there's so much going on. And in the meantime, you have to try to focus and make sure you know, you're making this pass done, or you're making sure you're not going to run into that guy or this guy. And it's very, very tough. And a lot of exercise and that you'll see from other drivers is mental exercises. You know, they'll try to test their reaction time and uh, different ways to kind of trigger their, their, their brain and multitasking as well. Um, but yes, of course, it's also very physical. Um, even leading up to IndyCar, um, in IndyCar, they, in IndyCar, they don't have power steering, right? So, I mean, a lot of the drivers, like I've talked to Pato Award and Oliver Askew, once they've moved up from Indy Lights, and the main thing they say is it's so physical. And the first thing you'll see many drivers is immediately go to the gym. Um, so yeah, for people that say it's not a physical physical sport, I mean, like all I said, all I can do is just laugh. Um, <laughs> to me, it's just like, I, what do you mean? We're traveling speeds of oh, 180, 200 miles an hour, and we have to react and and at the meantime, you know, it's your whole body's in play. So yeah, like I said, it makes me laugh, but a funny story. Um, <laughs> so I come into Indy Lights from Indy Pro 2000 and the main thing, so I, you, you know, you have to hit these brakes. So it's not a normal brake in a car. So, you know, you're on a world car, it's this very soft brake. You just push it and it, it just starts breaking. Well, in a race car, I mean, you need to slam it with your full force. I mean, you like, full impact onto the brake and then you slowly release and you're using a lot of that strength. So going into it, I thought, you know, much bigger part carbon brakes. I mean, I'm going to need to a lot of pressure for this. So I work out my legs. I actually get into the car and I realize it's not the legs, but it's the butt. <laughs> Surprisingly, it's your butt that you use a lot for, for the brake application, but that's a kind of like a funny side for, you know, a physical kind of perspective. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I, I'm on your side here. I totally believe you. <laughs> I did karting when I was little and I was always wiped out after, like you said, like 10 laps. I was like, wow. Yeah. Imagine doing it for hours and hours, but um, awesome. Well, I hope somebody listens to you and they're convinced. If not, we can laugh and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just 
end it with a laugh. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. Um, awesome. Okay, so next question kind of related to, I guess, when you're in the car, right? You mentioned your your butt is activated. <laughs> I love this. Um, what's going through your mind when you were on the last pace lap before green? A lot. Um, let's just say it's a, a loud silence. Um, you know, the, the, the radio goes silent. You know, your, your engineer, my spotter, everybody kind of tells me, okay, you know, good luck. Make sure it reminded me about my roll bars, my brakes, et cetera. You know, you have this driver outside here, here. And the last, next time I hear them is them screaming green, 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 you know, and in that period of when they've, you know, kind of stopped talking to me, pace car lights go out and they're kind of quickly speeding up, man, it's, it's like, uh, you ha almost have so many thoughts that you just kind of just zone out and you're just thinking about one thing. And I, I would remember everything just goes so slow. Like even in St. Petersburg, everything just feels slow motion. I mean, I'm warming up my tires, warming up my brakes. And you come around that last corner and, you know, getting ready to line up. And all you could think about is just, you know, you focus on this one thing and you're looking at the driver and you're like, okay, so how am I going to do this? You're trying to think of strategy. And I remember in my first years, I would, this is actually, I think, part of maturity. And I think why, you know, many older drivers could be better is situations like this, where you're under so much mental stress that you still need to, you know, have some sort of focus and some sort of strategy. In the beginning years, I remember the engineers, you know, telling me, okay, this is going to be a strategy. Let's try this, this. I remember when I actually got into it, I hadn't, I, I was lost. I was just, <laughs> oh, it's green. Man. Like, I remember there's no strategy, no nothing. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to make through this. Okay, let's go. Um, and it was just, everything went really quick, but through the years and a lot of mental training, you under that stress time just tends to slow down and you have a lot of time to think um like i mean running going up to the store probably going like 40 or 50 miles an hour but to me it feels like we're just you know throttling at 10 and i'm just slowly seeing this board come up and you know because it, i think it's just kind of that feeling that you want it to get going because you just you start overthinking and overthinking and you're like man i just i just wanted to start i wanted to go and i think that's why you get that feeling of everything going slow but yeah it's um it's not really like a, a one simple thought. I mean, there's so much going on through my head. I mean, sometimes it's like you get a random thought where you're like, oh, like, you know, oh, that, that new Cardi B song was kind of nice, but you're like, wait, well, oh my God, like, I gotta go. <laughs> like, so you do get those random thoughts. But like I said, like that just comes through mental training because you're, it's normal for your mind to, you know, get a random thought, but. They don't play Cardi B through your radio for you? <laughs> no, they, they don't. Oh my gosh. That was a perfect answer though. That's loud silence, but everything's happening at once, I guess. Yeah. Like it's, it's silence. You know, if you were to listen in, there's nothing happening, but in my head, it's like a, a race of its own. <laughs> That's like, what does that mean? Where there's like the guy sitting in the room and he's like, everything's fine. And it's like fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Sitting, everything's fine, but it's just fire everywhere. So that's a good way of explaining it. I should have just went with that. Just showed a meme like this one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it looks it looks so calm though. Like when you're watching that last pace lap, I couldn't. I don't know what what the inside of your head looks like, but the outside just looks. It's so calm, serene, and like eerie. I guess like from the stands, yes. like you're watching it happen. It's like so like you're saying slow to come up, but um, 
yeah. that's when I get excited slash nervous and whatever else. <laughs> yeah, it's that eerie feeling and that eerie feeling because obviously I'm a spectator sometimes when I watch IndyCar and it's that eerie feeling that gets you excited. It's just you're like, oh my God, it's like, you know, it's the calm before the storm. It's the silence everybody's lining up and you already know it's going to be, you know, a big bang, so. Definitely, definitely. What what are you working on next? I guess, what are you focused on? What's next for you? Well, so far we've been doing the Road to Indy series, which by the way, is a very successful series and a lot more drivers from all over the world are coming. I mean, you're hearing names like the Swedish invasion, you know, a lot of Swedish drivers are coming over. <laughs> um, so, and it's just because, you know, you win USF 2000, you get the scholarship to move up to Indy Pro and from Indy Pro to Indy Lights, Indy Lights to IndyCar. And it gives you that experience. And there's many different ways. It's not like you just get first and then you win. But I mean, if you're second, you're third, there's so many different ways, so many different opportunities for drivers to get their name out and to show it. So for drivers that don't have money, you know, they can still make it to IndyCar. It's still very, very possible. Um, that's why I think the series is so well. But I think our whole plan is to make it to IndyCar. I mean, like everybody else, um, you know, we're, we're leading the championship right now. The whole plan is to win it, of course. Um, but no expectations again. I mean, we win it, we win it, we don't, we don't. Another year is fine. Um, but yeah, so IndyCar would be a dream of mine. I mean, I watch them all the time. I, even as a kid, um, I would, I would love it. And it's just a beautiful race car. So I, I just really want to do a lap in it at least. <laughs> I, I want you to, too. And then I want to ask you how it was right after it. Cause I'd imagine be so excited. <laughs> I would be so excited. You, you probably wouldn't even be able to hear me. My voice would be so high. Be like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's see. Two more for you. Um, who were some of the drivers that you looked up to when you were a kid? Um, I looked up to Michael Schumacher. Um, I used to, I actually met um, his son, uh, Mick Schumacher, when we were racing in Europe. And it was a very cool and surreal experience. Um, it's kind of, you know, sad what to happen to him. But I mean, throughout my years, I was like, oh, Michael Schumacher, Michael Schumacher, you know, he was a, a big fan of mine and for my family, um, my family, you know, my dad used to race Corvettes. So I guess the, the racing blood kind of kind of runs through us. But yeah, Michael Schumacher all the way and still is today. Amazing. I Yes. Great guy. I loved watching him, too. Lots of fun. Um, cool. Last question for you. Um, what is one piece of advice you would give to younger David? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, oh, younger David. Um, <laughs> don't get so angry of the little things is, uh, what I would say, because I used to be, uh, very sensitive to um i mean i still am today i'm still really working on it um but it kind of took me until now to realize hey um that's an issue of mine i should probably fix it um yeah so when i was younger i used to always like if the radio wasn't working or if there was like a slight leak uh you know in the go-karting you know you sometimes have like a leak of the gas or so those little things would drive me insane and i would lose my focus and everything and i would just get so frustrated and angry and i would you know put it into my driving and then my driving is not good. You know, it's when you get to, there's a saying that you might hear sometimes is to be fast. You need to drive like a grandma. <laughs> so to drive very smooth and slow is actually quicker in, in some situations. So yeah, don't stress over the little things because that is a big issue of mine. And my team knows, uh, they always tell me on the radio, hey, if the radio is not working, please don't freak out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it still is an issue today, but I just wish I would have figured it out from myself a little bit sooner. Definitely, definitely. 
great advice. I think younger David would appreciate it. I've heard some crazy pieces of advice, I guess, to people's younger selves. I think one of my favorites was Connor Daly said, stay calm and don't hit stuff. And <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. <laughs> but one of my favorites, I think. Um, awesome. Well, David, this was perfect. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show and sharing your story and for sharing lots of laughs. <laughs> yes, thank you. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. David, thank you so much for sharing your story and giving us lots of laughs. Next up on Adventures with Aggie, we have another episode of Full Throttle with Robert McGinnis. Stay tuned. Uh -huh.